Welcome to the Coworkers Podcast with Jesse and Shaney, where every believer is a coworker in God's mission. All right, hey folks, welcome back to another episode. We are really excited to be joined by some special guests uh, on this episode. Yes, we have Andy and Linda Barrick with us today, and I got to hear Linda speak in a Christian coaching course that I took online. And Linda, your session was one of my favorites. Andy and Linda, welcome to our podcast. It's great to have you all. Hi, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. You all have a very powerful story of deep and difficult pain and much victory in the midst of it. Your, like I said, Linda, your teaching impacted me so much. I went online, started stalking you guys, found your website, watched your videos, and and was just so encouraged and so inspired that even in in the midst of things that are like our worst nightmare happening, of how faithful God is. And to to hear your story as well, and to know just the background, knowing life, what it's like on the field for so many of our colleagues. So many that have been suffering, so many in very difficult situations, so many that have seen even their kids suffer as well. And uh, we were just excited about the opportunity for a lot of folks out there who maybe are in the midst of suffering to hear from you. Or maybe if they're not in the midst of it, they're on their way to it, uh, as we should all be kind of expecting. And just to hear that, how the Lord has led you through that, the way that he prepared you and sustained you in the midst of that. uh, We're just excited for people to hear your story. So why don't we start there? Why don't you just give us a little bit of a background? Uh, about what the Lord has led you through, uh, through your family, and kind of where you're at now with that as well. Okay, well, let me take you back uh, quickly to November 5th, 2006. Um, It was a great day. Um, Our daughter, Jennifer, was 15 years old. She was singing with her first choir, um, in her first choir concert at our home church, Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. It was an evening service, Um, I remember watching Jen just praising the Lord and uh, singing to him, and Linda's father uh, was a preacher. His name was Dr. Ed Heinsohn. He brought the message that night from Revelation, and at the end of his sermon, he closed his Bible, and he said, "If if you're a Christ follower, you win. In the end, we know the outcome. And I looked at Linda and I said, why don't we have a party at our house? So we invited uh, friends and family to our home. And on the way home, we stopped at Kentucky Fried Chicken to pick up chicken for our guests. I remember my brother calling me saying, Andy, where are you guys? Everyone's in your driveway. And I said, well, they had to make more chicken, but we'll be there in five minutes. Um, What we didn't know is the road that we were traveling down, um, At the end of that road, there was a 26-year-old gentleman who'd been drinking all day. His blood alcohol level was 0.33. He'd been smoking marijuana. He was depressed over a breakup with his girlfriend, and he had already hit someone and fled the scene. The police caught up to him. They had him out of his truck. They interrogated him. They put him back in his truck and walked away to talk to the person he had hit, and he fired up his truck coming at us, speeding, going over 80 miles an hour with his lights off. Uh, We were going 45 miles per hour. I didn't even see him. He literally 
ran over top of our family van. Um, he hit us with such impact that he dropped the engine out of his truck and ran over top of us. So in an instant, our life changed forever. We were medevaced to four different hospitals and we didn't go home for over three months. Um, Jennifer, who was 15 at the time, suffered a traumatic brain injury, a global brain injury all throughout her brain. She was in a coma for five weeks. Um, no one thought she'd make it through the night. No one thought she'd recover. And today she's a walking, talking miracle of Jesus. To me, the biggest miracle is um, that when Jennifer was emerging from the coma five weeks later, um, Andy and I are still in wheelchairs. We still have an army of people taking care of us, um, driving us to see Jen an hour and a half away at UVA Children's Hospital. And um, she can't really communicate with us. We're trying to talk to her and we get moans and groans and um, we're just begging God to wake her up. And she is in this bed that is zipped up like a tent to keep her from falling on the ground. Because when you wake up from a coma, it's not like movies. Um, she just did not have control of her arms and her legs. So she is thrashing and flailing back and forth. And um, one day she started talking to Jesus. And it was this uninjured voice, and she is having a two-way conversation with him, and we can understand her. It sounds like the uninjured Jen. Mm -hmm. And when she would talk to us, even for years afterwards, it was very slurred. Half of her face did not move. Um, but when she was talking to Jesus, she sounded uninjured. And she was asking him, she was saying, Lord, should I go to heaven or should I stay on this earth? What would you have me do? And we're watching her. She's on her stomach and she's rolling around and she has this feeding tube sticking out of her stomach and she's getting all wound up in this feeding tube. And she's saying, okay, God, I'll do it. I'll stay here. But um, I can't describe you. There are not words to describe you. You'll have to write them down. And we would watch her. She wasn't fully awake. It's so hard to explain. She, we'd see half an eye. So she's not fully awake yet. And yet somehow she's in God's presence and she's talking to him. Yeah. And we're allowed to hear it because we needed hope. Um, Jen didn't need hope, but we needed hope. And so we're listening to her and she just praised him. She didn't ask for anything. She just kept saying, Lord, you're so good. You're so faithful. You're glorious. Um, and she praised him over and over again. And again, she was sleeping most of the day. So she'd only be up a little bit. And when she was, she was talking to Jesus and, and just praising him out loud for hours. And it was unbelievable to watch. Uh, we saw two sides to her. Her mind and her body was so broken, she could not sit up. She did not know her name. She could not eat. Doctors would come in and say, raise your right arm. She could not follow a verbal command. And yet she could quote out loud every verse she had hidden in her heart to calm her down. She had extreme pain. We could not touch her. She was hypersensitive. But we would bring in the Wow Worship CD. Like we still had CDs back then. And um, she could sing all 22 songs on that Wow Worship CD. And so what we saw was even though her mind and body was so broken, the Holy Spirit was not disabled inside of her. And the Holy Spirit is in each one of us listening today. If you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, God himself, 
the Holy Spirit lives in you. And Satan, our enemy, will try to accuse us and say, you're too broken for God to use you. Or, you know, the enemy, Satan, he will he'll bring up our past to paralyze us. But if you know Christ, the Holy Spirit is perfect and whole inside of you. And so that is what God has allowed us to see in our daughter and to help us share with others all over the world that the Holy Spirit can help you do things you're incapable of in your own strength. And a story that changed my life forever in the hospital was um, Jennifer was completely blind from her brain injury. She could not look at me and know I was her mom. And yet one day to calm her down, we started singing songs and she just starts singing. It was Christmas time. So we were actually singing Silent Night to calm her down. And she starts singing and glowing and she's looking up at the left. And at the end, she just yelled, amen. (laughs) And I looked at her and I said, Jen, do you see Jesus? And she said, yes, don't you see him? He is standing right beside me. And that moment in time changed my life forever. Because so often we talk to God and we visualize that he is far away. And yet in our darkest hours, you know this, he is so close and he will hold you and he will carry you. And our daughter loves to talk about that. She says, Jesus is my companion. He is holding my hand. And she still, 17 years later, talks out loud to him all day long as if he is standing right there because he is. And anyone listening today, Jesus is holding your hand. You are never alone. We love Isaiah 41, 13 that says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says, Do not fear. I will help you. And so as you are on the mission field, as you're getting ready to go on the mission field, you do have an enemy named Satan, and he's coming after you. But We don't have to be afraid of him. He is under our feet in Jesus' name, and we have power over Satan. And the only only power he has over us is the lies we choose to believe. And so um, we can talk about that later, but, but Satan is under our feet in Jesus' name. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. God himself living in us. And um, a lot of what we do, uh, God birthed a ministry out of out of our pain and out of our tragedy, and it's called Hope Out Loud. And that name came from what God was doing through Jen. When she didn't even know her name or what had happened, the Holy Spirit was giving us Hope Out Loud through Jen, through the quoting the scriptures out loud, singing the praise songs out loud. And um, so, so really that's how God birthed our ministry to go and help people who've been through pain and trauma. I also wanted to say, I mean, God, he did carry us um, every step of the way. He performed so many miracles. You know, I do, just to encourage everyone listening, the first time I went home, um, I asked my parents to take me to our house. No one had been home. And um, they got my wheelchair into the family room, got me into that. And I wheeled through the family room into the kitchen. This is the first time anyone had been there. And um, on the counter, there was a plate that Linda used to write verses and happy birthday to the kids and things like that. And I just froze in the kitchen and started to weep because on the plate, 
was 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I was there, uh, I was so weak emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually. And I believe it was Jesus just saying, Andy, I got this. In your weakness, I got it. And so when we go in the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of us, Jesus has it. It's okay. And whatever you're struggling with today, um, we don't know what that is, but we know that our Savior is there with us, and he's, he carries us on the journey. Um, and he's not far, like Linda said. He's right there. I feel so like my faith in God is is just fortified hearing about how he met your family. He did big miracles. He kept Jen alive. He healed her. You all had such severe injuries. He brought you through physically, but just all the stories you have of how he spoke to you so personally in these little moments that are so powerful. I just remember, Linda, you sharing about one time when you walked in the kitchen and Jen, do you know what I'm talking about? Will you just tell that story? So Jen did not have a short-term memory for a couple years. Um, She had so much pain for years, like head pain, um, pressure in her head. Her body, again, was hypersensitive. We had to brush her with this plastic brush every two hours. It was just all-consuming. And, you know, so often we pray... (laughs) And we tell God how to answer our prayers. And I believe God with all my heart. And I knew God was good. And I knew he was all powerful. So in my brain, it was, God, if you are all powerful and you are good, one plus one equals, you know, fix Jen. You can fix her today. You can heal her today. You know, I didn't want to wait 17 years to keep seeing this ongoing healing. And I, in my brain, I was wrestling with God in my heart and in my brain, wondering, am I going to be disappointed with God because he is not answering my prayers the way I want him to? And my daughter walks in the kitchen again with that feeding tube still hanging out her stomach and she's still so broken. And she says, I'm not saying this out loud. It's in my brain. And she points her finger at me and says, even if you think God has disappointed you, he has not because he is not finished yet. And so God would speak to me through her. I mean, she was so broken and yet God would use her to say things to me and to other people. It was unreal. And Mm -hmm. again, why should we be surprised? The Holy Spirit gives us all words in the moment, (laughs) speaks through all of us in the moment when we are walking with him and surrendered to him. And so one of the things I do want to share, we have learned a lot about prayer. And the first thing is because our daughter was so broken spiritually, her spirit, her spiritual side was the only part of her that was not injured. And so we had to connect with her spirit every day, all day long to, to just communicate with her. Um, for instance, to get her to wake up and get out of bed in the morning, we had to quote scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. She had huge anxiety. We could not walk in a room full of people. We'd be quoting, the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. 
we had to have the praise music on all day um, to get in the car. She would get so dizzy and nauseous and um, we couldn't even take her to therapy. Like, so we started doing the three P's all day long, praying out loud, praise songs out loud, promises of God's word Mm -hmm. out loud. And we didn't even know it. I didn't put it into three Ps. I mean, until years later, I realized. But this is what we did all day to connect with our daughter. And in this process, God was healing our hearts because she was so joyful. She wasn't bitter. You know, you could sing a praise song and she would stop crying for her physical pain and just start praising God. Mm -hmm. And and. The more, you know, as we've been on this long journey, because Jen still struggles in some ways, um, she's still not independent, she still lives with us, but we are learning so much more about prayer. And um, just in the last year or two, you know, Jen says to us, Mom, God is not of our dimension. He's not of this earth. So why do we tell him how to answer our prayers? Do we want our limited answers or do we want his unlimited power? And God can answer in ways our human minds cannot even think to ask him for. And so now we still ask God for, you know, our request. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. We pray scripture out loud and put our name in scripture. That's so powerful. But the new thing we're doing is saying, God, do this or something greater and trust him for the greater. It just changes your whole perspective. So when I wake up in the night and I'm wanting to beg God for all, a whole list of things, um, I just start praising him in advance now. I sing, a praise song in the night for the greater. And it's so simple. I might just start singing, um, Jesus, I crown you with praise over and over that phrase, or Jesus loves me over and over. And I go right back to sleep now. Mm -hmm. And um, what we've started doing is just making a list on a piece of paper, Lord, do something greater and start listing all the things you cannot control in your life and um, leave a space so that a few months from now you can go back and write what he did. It's actually fun to actually see God at work in your life. Um, And God is always, he always answers for his greater glory. He always answers for what's best for eternity, not what's best for our comfort. Um, And that's what we've seen in our daughter, in her brain injury and in her struggles. God has allowed us to share Christ and to see thousands of people come to Christ because she's still broken and praising Him, because she's so joyful and they can see the love relationship that she has. And, And so now when I look back, I just cry thinking about I'm so I'm so grateful God did not answer my prayer the way I told him to because I wanted him to make Jen who she was before and yet he had a far greater plan and and that's where he just asks us to trust him like a child would trust their father to trust our heavenly father that he knows best and mm-hmm. that he is working all things out for his greatest glory um and so i just encourage you to make a list right at the top lord do something greater and then just list all the things you can't control and when you're tempted to worry about it start praising god in advance for what he is going to do. And I have a fun story with that. Um, Just for instance, our son was in Florida working at a church. We were, you know, begging God to help him find a place he could afford to rent. And 
the greater I stopped begging God for my, you know, what I thought my answer was. And I just said, Lord, I don't want my answer. I want your greater. And what God did was he ended up sending Josh back to work at Hope Out Loud full time with us. And that is something that is like my greatest joy, but I would have never thought to ask for that. I thought that was impossible, <laughs> that that would never happen. And so that's, what's really fun about this is, um, instead of setting yourself up to be disappointed with God, you are trusting him and you're excited. You're expecting him to do something greater. I think one of the neat things too, uh, that Jen has taught us, uh, on this journey, um, you know, we watch her, Every morning she drops to her knees and she surrenders her day to the Lord. Um, and she prays for divine appointments um, wherever that is, the grocery store, the doctor's office. I, I remember this vividly because we we would try to get around Jen's bed when she came home from the hospital. And I'd rub her feet for hours because she was in so much pain. We'd get our wheelchairs around her bed and we would pray healing over her and I'd liter literally rub her feet. And one of the times, Linda will remember this, um, Jen prayed and she said, Lord, have I met all your expectations today? Have I fulfilled all the plans you had for me to do today? And I mean, Linda and I, we just cried. I mean, right. literally, because we'd never prayed that prayer. We were open to God's will and wanted to be in the center of his will, but we didn't end our day saying, Lord, have I met all your expectations? And, you know, that just changed us, um, you know, that we don't want to miss one divine appointment, one plan God has for us. And uh, Jen taught us that uh, on this journey. Yeah. What well, changes yeah. your perspective because our prayers were, God, heal us. God, mm -hmm. take the pain away, which there's nothing wrong with that. But our prayers were for our comfort. And Jen's were, her whole perspective was, God, did I do all that you had for me to do? So her whole perspective was serving yeah. God and doing his will. Eternal. Eternal. eternal she had the eternal perspective where mm -hmm. most of us have here and now, you mm -hmm. know. I want the quick fix. <laughs> yes. No doubt. Mm -hmm. When difficulty comes, it becomes even harder to think about other people and serving others. But to be able to, in the midst of pain, be thinking, how can God use me is how I want to be. I mm -hmm. want to grow in that. Yeah. yeah. Some of the scripture that really helped us is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, mm -hmm. 17, and 18. Be joyful always. I remember us sitting at the kitchen table trying to make sense of what happened to our family. And, you know, did God love us? Was he good? And um, those verses just came out. Um, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not for, but in the midst. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So even though it's hard, very hard. This life um, can be really hard and painful. Praising God in the midst, it does. It changes your perspective. And even saying everything you're thankful for out loud. Um, little things. I'm thankful the sun is out. Um, I know Andy had a story too where 
you know, our bodies are in pain. Andy has three plates and 12 screws in him. And, you know, he can't run and play basketball competitively like he used to. And yet, you know, God said, you still have legs, you know, and so to be thankful that you have legs, be thankful you can walk. Um, there's, there's always things we can say out loud that we're thankful for. And that helps to change our perspective as well, um, to say positive. And that's actually the fourth P is Mm -hmm. we realized um, Jen only says positive out loud. She refuses to say a negative. (laughs) So so along with the praying out loud, the praise songs and the, you know, the, the promises promises. of God's word to speak positive Positive. out loud. And we've been to a lot of brain therapy and the doctors say, you know, your, your brain believes what you speak out loud. So um, the power of life and death in the tongue, you know, it's so important to quote the verses out loud and, and to say, I'm going to have a great day. And, and also it is hard to think of others in the midst of pain, but that is the secret. When you, get the focus off yourself and think, who could I help? Who could I pray over? Um, It changes everything. Jennifer actually had thyroid cancer. Andy's had two cancers since our car wreck. I mean, there are times when I'm like, Lord, go mature my neighbor. I am so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Mama, I'm mature enough. Like, go go mess with my neighbor, you know? (laughs) And, um, you know, and that's a whole other thing. Often when we go through something hard, we think we've reached our quota for life and we'll never have to go through something hard again. But each thing builds and and gives us greater, stronger faith for the next thing to trust God. And because of all we've been through, um, people call us when they're in trauma. They call us when they're in the hospital for all different reasons. What do we do? Um, And the thing, too, we took Jen's little prayer book to all the cancer centers. And Jen would go with a whole tote bag full of prayer books and hand them out to everyone in the waiting room, every doctor, every nurse. And, I mean, God opened up a whole lot of doors through having cancer. And we saw people accept Christ. Um, we have so many stories about that too, but you know, that changes from, from having to go to that doctor appointment and just feeling like a pity party and woe is me. You know, I'm the one that's saying, Oh, you're the youngest one in here. And she's saying, yes, but I know the healer. And, um, Mm -hmm. every day people would say, do you have more prayer books? Like that's changing my life. I'm, I'm learning how to pray and pray scripture. And so if you go on mission, wherever it is that you're going, it's you and Jesus together. He's holding your hand and he has divine appointments for you every day. And again, it could be in the grocery store. It could be in the bathroom. It could be just anywhere. Very simple. But if you are asking and looking for it, God has it for you. I want to hear more about the, the positivity that your brain believes what you say out loud. How do you do that in the dark, dark, low moments when you feel sad and overwhelmed and numb and you don't know how the story is going to end? In those moments, what do you do with the negative emotions? And how do you keep doing that for years and years? You know, I mean, you all went through a long period of a lot of difficulty. In some ways, you know, like you said, there's still some difficulties there. And just that consistency of continuing to do that. How do you maintain that over time? There's so many things. One, it's so important to not be isolated 
you need friends, you need a community, even if those friends are back home and they're your prayer group and you're talking to them online, um, you're FaceTiming them, but you, you can't carry these burdens alone. Satan wants us to feel so alone in ministry. Um, and so when I share with my Bible study ladies, you know, we're having a hard time, please pray for me. It's amazing how I see God work and, um, and it's okay. We're all going to have those days where we can't even pray out loud. You know, we're just struggling that much. And so again, if you can put on the praise music, if you can choose to sing a praise song out loud, at least for those five, 10 minutes while you're singing, you know, your brain is focused on good and positive and the goodness of God. So there's so many things we've learned too at the brain doctor. We all have triggers triggers can be the five senses. For Jennifer, for instance, she's not scared to get in a car with somebody um, because she has no memory of the car wreck, but her physical brain remembers shaking in her head and the trauma. So as soon as I slam on the brakes or I go over a speed bump, if I don't warn her first, she would start shaking and crying in the car. And what happens is her brain thought she's in a life or death situation again when she's not. And so she'd have to say out loud, Jen, you're safe. This is not happening again. And for all of us, we have those triggers. You have them um, in different ways. And so it's easy to spot it in someone else when you're like, they are overreacting. <laughs> you know, They are just overreacting right now. But to give them grace and realize that that's a trigger for them in some way. And so our brains don't know the difference between reality, like real danger and fake danger. It's hard to understand it, but it is so true. And so literally at the brain doctor, they would show Jen this cardboard bear and they would say, your brain thinks it's a real bear that's going to eat you, but it's a cardboard bear. And that's a, a way for us to understand it. And so to realize when we're triggered to just say out loud, I'm safe, I'm safe in the arms of Jesus, this is just a trigger. We don't even have to fix it. But if we can say out loud, this is a trigger, it's, it's not a life or death situation. Um, and it could be, you know, when somebody yells at you or does something that makes you feel like an instance when you were a child, because what happens is we all start believing lies, usually around middle school. Life just happens and Satan is our enemy and he will tell us a lie like you're unworthy, you're rejected, you're unlovable. I mean, there's all, or you have to be perfect. Um, there's been so many missionaries I've talked to that feel like they're not good enough to be a missionary. Well, that is Satan's lie. None of us are good enough. Um, we're never going to be perfect till we get to heaven one day. That's why we need Jesus. And so, again, to be able to recognize recognize those lies. They feel like a heavy burden. If I feel like I'm I'm wearing a heavy backpack or a heavy burden, I'm trying to do something in my own strength. God's word says that his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So whatever those problems are that I'm trying to take on myself to just hand them up to God to hold and trust him, it comes down to, do I trust God? And um, another way to know if you're believing a lie, it, it consumes your headspace. What is just consuming all your thoughts and your headspace? And and again, to just ask God, you know, um, to just listen to Him and say, "Are there lies I'm believing, Lord?" Um, and not just getting rid of the lies, but God, what do you want me to receive from you in place of these lies? Mm -hmm. um, and ask 
asking God to fill you with his joy and his peace. And the fruit of the spirit is available to all of us all day, every day. It's unlimited supply and God is the source. We are not the source. So no one can take it away from us, no circumstance. And you think about we're all looking for love, joy, peace, and it's available to us. It lives inside of us, the unlimited supply. And so tapping into that and and just asking God, like when, when you kneel in the morning and surrender to Him, ask Him to fill you with His joy and His peace and His love that day for, for everything you're going to face. Well, and I think it's why Scripture encourages us to take every thought captive because the thoughts that are negative are not from the Lord. So anything that's trying to discourage us, defeat us, depress us, those are lies of Satan. And, you know, to everyone listening, Satan comes after all of us. Right. And he wants us to doubt God. And he wants us to not believe his truths. And so running back to replacing that lie with the truth of God's word, running back to truth. I was just talking to a friend of mine who's battling the same cancer that I had, and uh, he's struggling. You know, I just encouraged him, run back to scripture for truth, replace the negative, but why would God allow this to happen to me and replace it with you know, that God loves me. And the, all those scriptures that tell us not to fear that God has it, that we can trust yeah. him is faithful. That's such a good yeah. word. That basic truth that I think we just fail to believe sometimes, maybe because it requires more effort than we're expecting or something. But that basic truth of, yes, you have to replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of the scripture. And so much of what all of y'all have shared about all those P's so much yeah. time to us actually saying or singing and proclaiming yes. the goodness of God, <laughs> reciting his scripture out loud. That's just a big, that's a big yeah. deal. Remember, Satan has to flee when we do it. I mean, when we're and, praising the king, when we're, you know, quoting scripture out loud, Satan hates that. He's gone. We're right. re, and we are re-wallpapering our mind with the truth of God's word. We're taking those negative thoughts captive, replacing it with truth. That's so good. Yeah. One big, big thing for us, I remember in our premarital counseling was when our pastor asked us to come up with our theology of suffering and to really think about that theology of suffering. And that has stuck with us for going on almost 20 years now, uh, how formative that was for us because we've in talking it through, uh, we didn't really have many disagreements. We were at pretty similar places, but talking it through out loud with each other was a huge way for that to just set itself in our hearts so that when real suffering did come, when we lost our first child, that was when we were able to turn back to commitments we had made before the moment came. For you all in your experience, you know, this tragedy that struck your family out of the blue, what kind of preparation did you have before then? What beliefs were in place before that, that helped guide you through that? How were other things built into that? How were things strengthened? Or maybe even thoughts changed in the midst of that that suffering? Well, I'm so grateful that Andy talks about this a lot, that our children had their own personal relationship with Jesus. 
it wasn't our relationship. It was their personal relationship. I'm so glad that our children had gone to Awanas, that they had, you know, they had memorized scripture. They hidden had God's. hidden God's word in their heart because in our moments of trauma, the Holy Spirit brings to our mind those scriptures that we have read and memorized. So the foundation was there of, of knowing God's word, reading God's word. We were not perfect by any means. But as a family, um, we were a close family that communicated um, and said, we're sorry, you know, and um, when we messed up, when we made mistakes. And um, I feel like the trauma of the wreck, um, our son Josh was 11. And it changed his life. So many of his friends went as they got older, went through times of questioning, like, is God real? Is my faith mine or is my parents? So many kids go through that. Josh gratefully did not have those times of questioning because when he was 11 and he woke up in that van and all of us are passed out and he thinks we're dead and he's screaming mom and dad and we're not answering, God was with him and he had no fear and he knew that God was with him. And so he never had those doubts, is God real? Because he experienced it. And so as much as we hate suffering, as much as we hate to see our kids walk through trauma, when they go through those hard times, they know that God is real. They've experienced his presence in ways that other kids probably haven't. And and so what my son will say now, um, how old is Josh? He's 28. 28. Uh, we have these conversations. He feels like suffering is a gift. And that is so hard to say out loud, but suffering shows you what's really important in life. It takes away all those other things that are frivolous, that people worry about, that you know are not important. Um, It's a gift because you see Jesus in ways you need him to breathe. You need him for your next moment. And for us, it changed everything. We were, I was leading Bible studies. Um, I was doing the devotions with our daughters, cheerleading, um, you know, we were doing all these great things in our Christian community, but we were not personally leading anyone to Christ. And, you know, when you have a life or death moment, you realize how short this life is. And now what motivates us is we want to share Jesus everywhere we can, because that's all that really matters. That's why we're left on this earth. Otherwise, the moment we accept Christ, he'd take us to heaven, but he leaves us here so we can share our faith with others and encourage others. And our daughter, Jen, says, when we get to heaven, God's going to say, who did you bring with you and what did you do with the story I gave you? it all about you or was your story all about me? And so to flip-flop our pain into purpose, God gives purpose to our pain if we allow him. And we have to stop clenching our fist and say, Lord, why, why did this happen? And, and choose the forgiveness, choose to open our hands and say, God, I cannot change it. What do you want me to do with it? And use your pain as a way to connect with others and share your faith with others who are going through painful times. 
And I do think the forgiveness is huge. No matter what you've gone through, we all have to forgive. You know, again, it's the blame game right away when something bad happens. We question, did I do something wrong? You know, my my big lie was, did I pray protection over my kids that day? Um, and then months later, when I went back to my house, I had a sticky note, a verse on their mirror of protection, you know. Um, but And then we start blaming God. Why did he allow it? He could have stopped it. We don't have to forgive God, but we have to stop blaming God and trust him. And then so often we blame ourselves. And we have to trust that Jesus did what he said he could do on the cross and receive his forgiveness. Jesus does not condemn us. Satan is the, he's the enemy here in every scenario. It is, he's the enemy. So when we realize he's the enemy trying to depress us and discourage us and lie to us, you don't need to forgive. You didn't do anything wrong. Um, He's the enemy. And so the way to defeat him is to quote scripture out loud. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. So, um, and one other thing, our feelings are real, but they are not always true. And that's why we have to run to God's word for truth. So this morning we may have woke up and felt unloved, but you run to God's word and Romans 8 says nothing can separate you from the love of God. And so that's the foundation as well. Yeah. And thinking back to what we used to do in our house um, prior to the accident. And that's why after the accident, we tried to get around Jen's bed and pray, but that's what we did prior. Mm -hmm. And I just remember saying to the kids, Linda and I would say it over and over, mommy and daddy love you, but hold on to Jesus. He died for you. He's your savior. And so the most important thing we can do for our families, for our kids and grandkids is to point them into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that it's not ours for them, it's their own relationship. And also to communicate that we do, we live in a very sinful, painful world. And sin is what destroys. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So that is sin. And as we look around the world today, there is no better place than to build a foundation on the rock from Matthew 7, what Jesus said. And I just think, you know, when I look at Jennifer and Josh, that they built their foundation on the rock. And when the rain came and the wind blew and the floods came, the house stood, you know, and Jesus wasn't saying, is it going to happen? He's just saying it's coming. And also as far as our relationship, Linda and I entered marriage, and we've been married 35 years, so we got you a, a few years on well that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, my whole focus in our marriage and for Linda with me is to that we're here to serve each other and to lift each other up so we can be all that we can be to our king, to the Savior first, and then to each other. And we love each other. We serve each other. But my job as husband is to make sure that Linda has every opportunity to serve Jesus in her all of her capacity, whatever that looks like. Um, that's really helped us on our journey after our accident happened. We have a lot of coworkers that we've been able to witness walk through really hard things and mm-hmm. honor God through it and praise God through it. And Amen. I think that this will just fortify their faith more. And I think for those who are in the hard time right now, 
I think this will be that extra just reminder of clinging to Jesus, just the simplicity of it. It's not complicated, praising Jesus. And then for those who are in good seasons to know what we're doing, the habits we're making really matter. I'm thinking for our family, like, I just want to Follow the peace. Go deeper on the basics, yep. you know, and just never give up on growing in prayer and praising the Lord. And it doesn't take a big tragedy for us right. to learn and right. grow in those. And we've already realized turning on praise music can have a very real effect on our hearts within like one minute. You know, yeah. that that is so true. And sometimes I might not have the strength to to go get out my Bible and have a big, long, quiet time. But if I can at least push play on my phone and turn on some worship music, then it can really help. Thank you for all these awesome encouragements and using your story to help other people and allowing our listeners to be able to be connected with your ministry. And I do want everyone to hear that clearly, hopeoutloud.com. So they can go and see all of your great resources. You have awesome swag and you have some great books. Next time we're in America, we're going to be getting some. We're super thankful. And I want to hear any last words you have for our listeners. We also have a YouTube channel. So if you type in YouTube and Hope Out Loud, there are all kinds of videos and um, a whole whole series from all of us, our whole family. when um, life runs you over, because you may not have been hit by a drunk driver, but life runs all of us over at some point. And we do have a whole series for women, uh, Beauty Marks, how God turns our scars into beauty marks when we reach out and help others. He brings purpose to our pain. And um, so some great resources there on Hope Out Loud YouTube and HopeOutLoud.com. You know, another thing that God just keeps bringing to my mind as parents, we want to make sure that we teach our kids that God is fun. He is personal and he is fun. It's not a duty or a drudgery. And as we're quoting scripture, like, make it fun. Um, We dance. You know, that's how Jen learned to walk again, was dancing to praise music is the only thing that motivated her to stand up out of that wheelchair. Um, And so God, God is fun. And and even praying, we would just make it fun. Like everybody pray for one thing. Everybody thank God for one thing out loud. Everybody pray for one person um, as we get in, in somebody's bed at night and as a family come together, just everybody pray for one thing or it. So it wasn't like a duty or a drudgery. That was the foundation that was there. And one other little thing uh, that we do that is easy to remember is flip-flop. So when you have those negative thoughts, flip-flop it, total opposite, and speak the positive out loud. And um, our daughter taught us how to do that. And that's really important um, so that, um, for instance, if she can't remember where something is, she says, Jen, you're so smart out loud. Or if she feels ugly, she'll say, I'm one of a kind. I can't be ugly. God threw out the mold. And again, that's something fun we can teach our yes. kids to do. Yes. You have to say positive out loud. I mean, you know, it can be a fun game that you start doing that you, you, those negative thoughts, when you speak it, you stop yourself and flip flop it and say the exact opposite. It's going to be a great day. (laughs) God has great things for me to Uh do. I think that's really important. And 
Um, so we're just grateful and honored for this time and, and reach out to us. People can email us on hope out loud. We can send you PDFs of Jen's little prayer book through email, um, where it could encourage your heart. It's in English. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's also in all kinds of languages now all over the world. So anyone that wants to connect with us, we love to raise money to donate prayer books. Um, and, and we'd love to partner with you. I just want to encourage everyone uh, with the Apostle Paul, what he said in 2 Corinthians 4, um, 16 through 18. And I love the Apostle Paul because I think he's like a great coach, you know, that motivates. And he says in here, therefore, we do not lose heart. He's saying, don't quit. Keep going. He said, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That is the hope that we have in Jesus that is an anchor for our soul, no matter what we encounter in this life. And he goes on in verse 17 to say, for our light and momentary troubles, he's talking about the things that we encounter in this life, the pain, the trauma, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And I love this in verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen, everything we see in this world is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Keeping an eternal perspective to our lives that one day we spend all of eternity with our Savior in heaven. So we just want to encourage everyone listening Keep going, keep trusting, and keep believing in your King, the Lord Jesus. Guys, thank you all so much. 